Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Hey, good morning. It's 55 degrees here in Tampa. It's going to be a high of 85 degrees, and that is tough weather to dress for, let me tell you, when there's a 30-degree change. Crazy stuff. It's my birthday today, 38 years old, so I'm happy to be spending it with you today. Thanks for joining me, and we're going to have some fantastic guests on today, Mr. Leighton Walker and Eddie Bullock, who are starting the UK's newest and most exciting podcast in golf, Golf Club Talk UK. That show officially launches on November 1st. But right now, if you want to give me an early birthday present, what you'll do is pause this podcast right now and go ahead and subscribe to Golf Club Talk UK over on iTunes. Even if you are a listener here in the United States, you're going to enjoy this show. They're speaking with some incredible experts. Rob Hill is going to be their first official episode from Global Golf Advisors, partner with Henry Delosier. And they have some amazing managers coming on here in the coming weeks that you will not want to miss. So I'm going to just take a little break, turn the mic off here for one second so you can pause and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is that you listen to this podcast on for Golf Club Talk UK. I mean it. If you haven't paused and you're still listening, do it now. All right. I hope that you have subscribed to the show. If not, then you are missing out. These guys are going to be entertaining. They're going to be informative and you are going to enjoy listening to them. They'll be dropping podcasts monthly over there. So make sure you hit subscribe. Here's my interview with Leighton Walker and Eddie Bullock. Well, I am excited to be joined today by two fantastic guests from the United Kingdom. Mr. Eddie Bullock, president of Goodwood Golf. And he's also the founder of Eddie Bullock Golf Consultancy. And Mr. Leighton Walker, general manager of Burford Golf Club. How are you gentlemen doing today? We're good. Thanks, Gabe. It's uh, good to be with you. G'day, Gabe. Uh, good to be with you again. Yes. I love the g'day. That's the Australian in you, Leighton. Yeah, and, still a bit uh, in there. <laughs> absolutely. So what I'm really excited to talk to you guys about is the new podcast that you're launching, Golf Club Talk UK. So Leighton, I'll start off with you. If you could just give us an overview of this new podcast that's launching. It's happening on October 31st. You'll be having your first episode. What should folks be listening for, Leighton? Yeah, thanks, Gabe. Uh, yeah, I, I guess this was um, inspired by your good self some time ago and, and uh, been lucky enough to appear on the show. And, and we've uh, stayed in contact since, which, is, which has been great. But I guess I sort of just came up with the idea at some point, well, why couldn't this work on a, on a UK basis? Um, we love listening to private club radio and, and getting that insight into what's happening in private clubs in, in the US. But uh, we just felt there was a little bit of a gap here over in the UK for people getting information that's relevant to, to golf clubs in, in the UK. So that's sort of where the idea was formed. And, and then I, I uh, spoke to Eddie 
Eddie Bullock, who I've known for some time now and, and worked with before. And we both really felt this had some some legs. And then again, speaking to yourself, um, we've, we've sort of put it into action now. So really what we're going to try and do is give as much information uh, to people in the UK as possible that work in the golf club industry. And it's not just private clubs. You know, we've got a diverse range of, of clubs uh, in the UK, whether it be proprietary, so company owned or, or private clubs, municipal. Um, so we're hoping that anyone that works at one of those clubs, maybe on, on boards or, or committees, can can get something out of the information that we're going to provide. And that'll be in the form of, of interviews uh, with key people in the industry, Maybe it's managers, course architects, consultants, uh, food and beverage specialists, you name it. So we look to try and cover all aspects, but we're also maybe going to try and do something a little bit different and have some some club reviews in there. So that'll be, you know, picking out clubs that are doing something particularly well in a, in a given area and they can tell us a little bit about that and, and people can, can grab some, some best practice from that. So... That's going to be the aim. Uh, hopefully, it'll be entertaining for people, um, whether that be in the UK or, or overseas. If they can get something out of it from from abroad as well, then then that's great too. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear it because I've actually gotten a little sneak peek of uh, the, some of the first episodes and the interviews you guys have been doing, and just love the the, the back and forth that you have together. I think you two will make great co-hosts. You just got a, a wonderful way about you to the Australian and the, the, uh, the, the, the British gentleman. So let's, let's turn it over to the British gentleman, Eddie Bullock. Eddie, um, what, what are folks going <laughs> to get on this show that they can't get elsewhere? Well, Gabe, thank you for calling me a gentleman. I mean, that's, uh, that's quite a privilege. Listen, <laughs> uh, we do, I think between the uh, Leighton and I, Gabe, we would just want to make a difference. And, uh, um, create new experiences and, and sort of probably outline the challenges that we're aware of with a number of the golf clubs. Um, uh, and also, there's so many um, unsung heroes in the, in the industry that um, uh, are working very hard and doing a very good job in a lot of clubs, general managers, deputy managers, F&B managers, golf pros, um, that... Um, they need a voice, so probably what we're going to do is find them and allow them to have a voice, and um, you, you never know what can, can happen by that. You know, it gives everybody a chance to, to know what's actually happening in the game. Um, you know, we can all improve our communication um, in, in every aspect, so I think this is a way that we can, between us, uh, make that difference, really. Yeah. Now, Leighton, you mentioned that there are, there are differences between the American market and the European market, and specifically the UK market. And that that's one thing that intrigued me when you guys decided to to go this route of of launching this new show is to really address what makes UK golf unique. And so, I'd love to hear from you guys in your own words what some of those things are in terms of what makes uh, golf in the UK unique, golf club management in the UK unique and different from other places in the world. Leighton, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think, look, I mean, clubs the world over face very similar challenges, but but I guess getting to the heart of what, what you're saying there is that golf in the UK is probably a lot more accessible. Um, I think this has been touched on before in private club radio at various times that, you know, most clubs over here average, you know, a thousand pounds a year to be a, to be a member. That, that can obviously be a lot higher than that, but that's that's the exception rather than the rule. So, 
you know, golf is very accessible. Anyone can join. Um, yes, clubs are struggling for members in certain areas. They, they, uh, they're actively looking to, to grow their, their memberships and, and what they offer. Um, but I think there's a lot more of that sort of grassroots level stuff that we'll probably deal with here. I think sort of Eddie spoke about the young unsung heroes and, and maybe we rely a little bit more on, on volunteer assistance in, in clubs in, in the UK. And hopefully people in a volunteer role can, can perhaps get something out of the show as well. So um, I, I think that's probably one of the, the main main differences. I, I think sometimes um, when, when we look at the golf industry, we tend to look at things very much at the high end. But um, the reality is most clubs in the UK are, are, are at a certain level and that's a much more affordable, accessible um, route really. And, and, and I think that's what we want to try and explore a little bit more and, and be something to all clubs out there, whether that be big, small or, or in between. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'll, you want to add? So I've come in here um, just to basically. I think the UK market um, is is had. It, there is a change now, and certainly with it in the clubs, um, a positive change. Certainly, the um, laws and regulations in the corporate law have, have started to uh, make. Um, a notable difference in how clubs are actually running now in their governance policies, but we've been um, been held really uh, down a little bit because of the the Victorian values that we've had. The game over here is is a few years older than the U.S., so uh, consequently our our governance has changed, and consequently the sort of uh, dynamics of the the consumer has changed in terms of. Uh, that market that wants to be a part of golf. And there's been this perception uh, with a number of um, individuals in the game of uh, that it's become an old-fashioned game. Um, there's too many people with grey hair playing the game and it's run by those people. So, um, But there is definitely a change now and you're getting a younger, a younger, um, younger involvement and influences in the game. I mean, Leighton is one of those influences uh, that is making a difference with his club. And there's a number of other club managers now that are at that age that can make a difference. That's not taken away that we don't need experience. Um, and we can learn from that experience. But um, the, the, the important thing is to get to a market uh, within the UK uh, and they've got to be prepared to make those changes as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's just that real professionalization of the industry that's going on, Gabe, and um, Eddie touched on it brilliantly there. And, uh, and I think that's probably what's happening in the industry at the moment, you know, whether it be amongst managers or, or committees, uh, professionals, food and beverage operations. You know, clubs are very much looking at things uh, much more as a business now and, and treating things that way. And that's leading to this real professionalization of things, which, which can only be a good thing. Um, but that's what, again, we'll be looking to explore in the show. Yeah. And what sorts of things do you think that even American audiences might glean from listening to what's happening over there in the UK? I think they might enjoy some of the club reviews we do. Um, hopefully that will give them a little taste of what clubs are like over here. And we know the Americans like to, to travel over to the UK and, and play golf. There's so many good golf courses that offer something very, very different to, to what you get in, in the US. So certainly I hope that's, that's one thing, but uh, 
But I think also we'll, we'll be talking about a lot of things that are central to any golf operation anywhere in the world, I suppose. So um, maybe the scale is a bit different sometimes and, and looking at US clubs where you know turnovers and staffing levels and things like that are, are, are far and above what we do generally have in the UK. Um, we'll be looking at the same issues really and I, I can see um, anyone from anywhere being able to pull those things out that suit. Yeah, I think it's so important to get that perspective. Talking about perspective, what I think makes you guys unique and why I think this show is going to be such a success and a hit is that you have a very unique perspective as it relates to the rest of the golf market in the UK. Eddie, why do you think your perspective is going to be a little different and maybe will challenge some of the status quo out there? Um. Well, because the market in the UK is changing anyway. Um, I think uh, there's no doubt. I think we'll all agree worldwide that there was a huge change in 2008. Um, and then since then, businesses have had to change their uh, dynamics, their attitudes, uh, their approach completely. And I'm, uh, you know, it, it's so refreshing that with the clubs, I'm very fortunately um, involved with can see this change uh, throughout the club. And uh, there's no question that if you get the right people within the club leading that club, uh, they then are, con- it's contagious. You get the right people that want to come and work for them. And then the club atmosphere completely changes. So you become, uh, the, the culture changes completely. And that's, that's one of the areas that um, the clubs have got to work very hard at. And, um, and um, if, if you can... You know, we've learned a lot from Greg Patterson coming over and, and putting the love and the buzz back into the, the clubs. Well, it's certainly happening with a, a number of clubs here in the UK. And uh, I'd like to think that uh, I've been influenced in, in that. And, and I know that Leighton is influenced in, in developing that at Burford. And uh, coming back to it also, I think the US market um, probably only knows a certain amount of clubs, Gabe. Uh, there are some really great clubs that are operating, some wonderful golf courses as well, uh, that need a, a little bit of help in their marketing. Uh, they haven't got the budgets to be able to market to that audience. So consequently, hopefully, that um, uh, we can, between us, uh, on Golf Club Talk UK, um, make a little bit of difference for those clubs. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think just from a um, your guys' background is very unique and in terms of what it will lend to the, the discussions you'll have. Let's talk about, for folks who don't necessarily know your guys' background, just give us a little taste of it, maybe, you know, in a, in a, in a the Reader's Digest condensed version, as it were. Um, Leighton, we'll start with you. Give us a little background on yourself. Yeah, well, I guess I've got the most international background of the two. Um, yeah, starting in Australia in... Uh, I started in the golf industry in Australia. I was about 28 years old, so 15 years ago now, um, and had played golf uh, at a high amateur level as a youngster at, at some a couple of really nice clubs in, in Adelaide, Australia. Uh, so, you know, that's my scene originally. I, I did two, two and a half years working at a club in Adelaide before moving over to the, the UK with my then partner. And uh, we... Uh, moved over back in 2004, late 2004, and I've been in, in the industry ever since, so you know, the last 13, 14 years. So that's been in a combination of clubs, 
here in the UK from proprietary, so company-owned clubs, a really good company called Burr Hill that I worked with for a little while. And that was a great grounding in the commercial side of, of golf businesses and, and um, a much more commercial establishment where it was more about driving numbers through the facility. Um, then moved sort of back into the private club world uh, back in 2010 and that's sort of where I've stayed ever since, really. And I guess that's probably really yeah. a bit more where my passion is. And that's where I started my golf playing and, and working. Um, and just just love being around golf clubs, really. I've been around golf all my life. And there's not a day goes by where I wake up in the morning and don't look forward to coming to work. You know, it's just one of those things that I'm, a lot of listeners will be able to assimilate with, that we, we're very lucky to be working in this industry. So, yeah, I guess I bring a slightly different perspective on things. Uh, Australian golf tends to be a little bit more forward thinking or, or modern in its thinking. It's very much about driving good modern facilities and, and constantly improving facilities where maybe the UK is a little bit more about the traditional side of things and, and maintaining that tradition a bit. Um, but, you know, some fantastic clubs and, and courses over here. So loving where I am at the moment and uh, really looking forward to, to getting into the show. Yeah. Now, Eddie, you've got a, a, quite the background yourself. So share with us a little bit about where, where you've come from. Yeah, Gabe, I started really golf. Uh, came to me when I started caddying, really, at local golf clubs. Um, and then I, uh, I caddied for somebody, Gabe, and um, um, I took his clubs. He used to use his clubs during the week, and he found out about it. And I thought I'd <laughs> lost the job. Oh, wow. Uh, so he, he came in on that particular day and went into the pro shop, bought half a set of golf clubs and still paid me and said, I don't think you'll need my clubs anymore. Uh, and I still got the job the week after. So he started me off playing golf and um, I evolved from there. And uh, I, come, I come from the north of England uh, in a county called Yorkshire. I lived, lived just, uh, in a, a city called Leeds. So um, I began my uh, apprenticeship as a, a golf professional at a, a, a municipal, a nine-hole municipal golf course called Roundy Golf Club. And so that was the, uh, the start of me. I was learning uh, cleaning clubs, cleaning shoes, um, uh, anything, repairing golf clubs, uh, doing the shop work, retail, making sure it's clean. And then you... Um, uh, developed uh, the opportunity to go and start teaching. Um, so I was earning, I can think I was earning my first teaching uh, post was 10 shillings. What's, what's that? So it's very little, but I had to give 50% 50, 50 back to uh, the go head golf pro. Um, and so it was a, a quite an education and uh, uh, things evolved from there. So we then did my PGA qualifications uh, and then I stayed there for about six years, and then I moved to a club further south of England in a place called Bedford. So I became the head professional at Bedford and County Golf Club, um, which was exciting. You got your own retail operations. Uh, you had to invest into your business as well. You became a part of the club. You were teaching. You were playing with the members. Um, but I think the key point for me, I, I then went into management, but the key point to me, I used to go to the uh, USPGA show in, in Orlando uh, a few years ago then. I think the first one was at, in Walt Disney World um, somewhere around there. And I could sense uh, mixing with the American pros that they were 
they had a, just a different attitude completely, and they were more into uh, the operations and the management of the club. So I brought that that opportunity back with me, and uh, and that gave me inspiration then to uh, approach the club, and I wanted to do more work in terms of get, being a part of the membership, um, bringing the uh, competitions into the uh, into the shop, etc., and anything I could do just to, to make them aware of me a little bit more. Uh, and then lo and behold, things went in my way. They were going to employ a new secretary. Uh, and then he reneged on the opportunity because of house prices. And so it left a door open to me. And we had some new people on the, on the board said we ought to think about Eddie because he's now obviously involving himself more. So I had that break uh, and then became the secretary, which was quite a, a, a very old sort of fashion way of being approached to it. But I became the secretary and the golf professional of the club. Um, and then after about two years, I then became the general manager. And then I got a manager into the, the pro shop. And then we, we started to create a totally different atmosphere without any training, really. And this was before knowing anything about CMAA or CMAE or anything like that. I just went out on my own. I did go to a local business school for a little bit of time and did a program there. But we got then got a we completely reverb, refurbished the clubhouse and uh, developed a, a different appeal and different culture and got more juniors and females involved and got a national tournament there. Um, and then that was seen as positive because I was then, I suppose, headhunted to become um, the managing director, which I accepted to go to Woburn uh, Golf Club, which was a, a 36-hole um, uh, uh, club, uh, very well known at the time, or already had some major tournaments there um, with a 1,000 members, uh, but certainly more commercial and uh, certainly a larger turnover than I'd ever been used to. And bearing in mind, they were building another golf course at the time. So I, I fell on my feet in, in a nice way and was um, uh, developed, uh, became the managing director at Wom Golf Club. And we worked hard there. It was a great education for me. Uh, I, I stayed there for nine years. Um, we brought on a number of tournaments, European tour events, um, with winners being Justin Rose, Thomas LeVay, who were two of them, two of those. Uh, we had the um, British Ladies Open Championship. Sherry Steinhauser won it when I was there. So it was an exciting time and it was a great education for me. And, and um, uh, then I then decided to move on. And I, I always had this um, appetite to, to want to work on my own and certainly with the networks and everything that I had achieved during those previous years, I started my own role as um, my, my own consultancy, as you've just said. And then from there on, I've been uh, very fortunate to um, become the non-exec director for uh, the Goodwood Estate, and we've got the golf at Goodwood there, um, non-exec for Royal Norwich, which is a new uh, business that has started to evolve in East Anglia. and. Um, and uh, I also sit and advise for um, a, a golf recruitment, specialising golf recruitment company called Colt McKenzie McNear. 
So I'm pleased to say all three businesses are, are uh, progressing and profitable and moving forward. And so I've had quite a bit of experience and uh, in my time as well as everything else and still try to keep the game going forward as well as everything else, Gabe, which is quite frustrating at times. <laughs> well, I think folks would be hard-pressed to find two guys who are more passionate than you two in terms of the golf yeah. game of golf and uh, golf in the UK, as it were. Now, your first guest on the, on the, on the second episode that pe- folks will hear uh, is going to be Rob Hill over at uh, Global Golf Advisors. So, Layden, can you tell us a little bit about that interview and what folks can expect from episode two of Golf Club Talk UK? Yeah, that was a great interview with Rob. Um, Rob has uh, uh, always been with Global Golf Advisors for some time now and, and looks after Europe, Africa, Middle East, uh, and is based in, in Dublin in Ireland. And uh, very, very knowledgeable guy, but also the work that Global Golf Advisors do in, in terms of digging into the, the trends in golf and and, and supporting clubs in, in strategic planning, etc. But they do a lot of analysis in, into the the numbers of golf as well. And uh, I'm sure Rob probably could have talked for, for hours on end about things, but that never makes for a good podcast, does it? So, um, you know, we, we did manage to get some really good good information out of Rob and and he touched on some of the key trends that are, that are happening in the industry at the moment, a little bit of talk about millennials and and, and their impact and influence on, on the industry now and, and maybe what they're looking for a little bit more and, and maybe how we can sort of try and predict some of the, the future trends going forward and, and adapt as, as quickly as possible. So a really good guy and, uh, and, and I'm sure people will, will definitely get something out of that episode. Yeah, I know I did just listening to it and helping you guys with the editing of that episode. It's going to be a really good one. I'm really excited for the show launching. Once again, it's going to launch October 31st. You'll hear the first episode of Golf Club Talk UK. And following that, there'll be episodes on the second Wednesday of every month. So episode two will then air October 14th and so on. We hope you tune in and we appreciate your time today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here on Private Club Radio. Thanks, Gabe, and look forward to being a part Thanks, of the Gabe. radio network as well. Yeah, and a big thank you to you, Gabe, for uh, uh, guiding us through this. It's been great. Once again, make sure that you subscribe if you already haven't. Hopefully you have by now. I've had the good fortune of hearing some of the initial interviews that these guys have done, and they do a great job bringing some experts from around the United Kingdom here to you. It's going to be fun. Make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those good places. If you want to learn more about the show, head over to golfradionetwork.com, our family of podcasts, which includes Private Club Radio, Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, and now Golf Club Talk UK. Catch you back here next week. Until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.